Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And you can check us out live from Pier 17 in New York City on ESPN2. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas, we are taking you up until 10 o'clock Eastern, hanging out with you, filling in for the guys. You can tweet to both of us at Amber W Sports. That's me at H Douglas 83. That's him. You can also always join the conversation on the call in line at triple eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. So Harry, it has been very quiet of late on the Kevin Durant trade front. It started feeling like Maybe he's going to end up staying in Brooklyn and him and Kyrie are going to have to figure something out in that organization. But now we have a little bit of an update from our very own Adrian Wojnarowski. He is reporting that the Nets and the Celtics have engaged in trade talks. Now, we don't have to get too excited yet about this because he also went on to say that the Celtics appear no closer to acquiring Durant than any others in discussions with the Nets. But Boston's ability to include all-star forward Jalen Brown as a centerpiece in offers does help make the team formidable in its pursuit. What do you make of the news that the Boston Celtics are now in the mix for the KD hunt here? It is very unique, and I think they're taking a page out of the Golden State Warriors book when they had that 73-win season and lost to LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers being up 3-1 in the finals. They went out and got a Kevin Durant because they they knew they needed another guy like that to, I won't say get over the hump because they already had won an NBA championship, but to put them right back in those regards, you look at the Boston Celtics this year in the NBA Finals facing the Golden State Warriors, they were missing a player like a Kevin Durant. But it's kind of ironic, though, because when KD was in Oklahoma City and he lost to the Warriors, I believe it was in the conference finals, you look at this year, he got swept by the Boston Celtics. Now, potentially, he can end up with the Boston Celtics. That's that's crazy. That's a very KD of them, isn't it? <laughs> but it's not. It's not his decision. I mean, right. I mean, he'll be wow. getting traded. It's, it's different from the first time because he's actually getting traded this time. But when you look at the Boston Celtics and what they'd be able to give the Brooklyn Nets in return, look at a guy like Jalen Brown, who played very, very well throughout the playoffs this past year. You look at a guy like Derek White, Grant Williams. Uh, now, Grant Williams was a no-show in the NBA Finals, but throughout that playoff run, he played some some de- decent basketball. They can actually offer the Brooklyn Nets something and not compromise the Brooklyn Nets' future moving forward. So I think when you look at it in those regards, uh, the Boston Celtics isn't a bad place for them. It's not Katie's decision, air quotes, right? <laughs> but we know Kevin Durant has a lot of pull in wherever yeah. the Nets end up sending him. Yes, he's got four years left on his deal. Yes, it's pretty inconceivable to think that he's going to sit out for four years because he's upset about where he gets traded. However, even if he comes to you and shows up on the court, you don't want a disgruntled superstar on your team. Nobody's signing up for that. Nobody wants to trade away a king's ransom of assets, which is what you're going to have to do to acquire Kevin Durant and then bring Kevin Durant to your organization organization if he really doesn't want to be there. That seems like a terrible idea. What we do know about where Kevin Durant wants to go is that he wants to go to a contender. And the Boston Celtics are that. Mm-hmm. They were just in an NBA Finals. And to your point, they needed that extra boost to yep. maybe get over the hump and actually win a title this next time. KD does that. But what I think is interesting, though, about the Boston Celtics entering the conversation, they were the only team in the NBA that I had as a team that shouldn't be interested 
and Kevin Durant because they had built this thing the right way and they have these young stars, these young budding stars, and they have such a young core there in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and even Marcus Smart that you're talking about a team that's in the NBA Finals right now with those dudes in their mid-20s and you're going to go ahead and reverse course all of a sudden (laughs) swerve and you're going to go to Kevin Durant who's well into his 30s and yeah, you might get an immediate championship out of it. I get it. But the reason I thought that Boston shouldn't be interested in doing this deal is that Boston's set up for the next 10 years if those guys continue to pan out the way that they've panned out and Kevin Durant doesn't do that for you for the next 10 years. So I am frankly kind of shocked that now they're in the hunt well when I look at the Eastern Conference and you look at the Boston Celtics this year they played the Milwaukee Bucks I do not believe they get past the Milwaukee Bucks uh if Chris Middleton is there it it took it and they hell they took him to seven games uh without Chris Middleton you look at the Philadelphia 76ers and those guys being able to have an off uh, off season in 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 Doc Rivers' system and James Harden coming back with a lot to prove. You look at what they've done in free agency-wise. They they, get, they brought DeAnthony Melton, who's going to come off the bench and be instant offense. You added P.J. Tucker, mm-hmm. right? You uh, added Daniel House Jr. They're going to be better as well. Mm-hmm. So right now, if I'm looking at the Eastern Conference, I have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers fighting it out in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, if the Boston Celtics get a guy like Kevin Durant Ke- – not so fast, my friends. That's what Lee Corso would say on College Game League. Not so fast, my friends. I would have to put the Boston Celtics right there as the favorite in the Eastern Conference if they get a Kevin Durant. I, I don't disagree that they certainly would go to the top of the pack, but they're already at the top of the pack. That's that's what I don't get about this. Move. They got to get over the hump, though. They're, but because they're, that team out right, west. But Jason Tatum is what twenty five years old. I mean, what are we talking about here? So yeah, like they've got time to get over the hump. I, Jason Tatum's twenty four. He's not even twenty five yet. And then you're talking about trading away a Jalen Brown who is twenty five for Kevin Durant in exchange. My guess is they're going to want like a Marcus Smart too, maybe in that deal. And then from the Nets' perspective, yes, it's a it's a heck of a deal, and you can match salaries. And Boston certainly has pieces now. Woj is reporting that uh, Jason Tatum's off the table. Basically, everybody else may be up for discussion, which that's not surprising. They can match salaries if they're discussing guys like Al Horford. They could throw into the deal, stuff like that. They can make this work. But from the Nets' perspective, do they want the draft picks or do they want to reload immediately? Because this feels more like a reload immediately if you're – playing with ball with the Boston Celtics, but it's not a reload to win you a championship necessarily, right? I mean, is Jalen Brown winning you a championship next to Ben Simmons? Probably not. So from that perspective, I'm surprised also that this is considered a front-runner deal for the Nets. It Again, though, depends on what philosophy they want to go with here. But to, if, if they do make this trade, the Brooklyn Nets, they'll have a nice young nucleus, right? So I still think they can contend in the Eastern Conference. Can they get to a title? Probably not, but they're set up for the future. What can't get lost in this whole thing is that Ime Adoka coached Kevin Durant. He was with the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm pretty sure he's going to have some say-so and is putting a bug in people's ear like, hey, let's go get this guy. I know what he's about. I was there with him in Brooklyn at some point. Let's go win a championship with a Kevin Durant. Yeah, everybody wants Kevin Durant from that perspective, right? But he and everybody actually thinks he coached delivers- him, though. Right. He was with them in Brooklyn. And there is that relationship yep. there. And so it's a good landing spot from that perspective. I would see KD wanting to go there. I don't I don't have a problem with that perspective of it. And fine, you could even talk me into the Nets being able to acquire some of those young pieces, especially if you were able to get Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in that deal. Ooh. You can convince me that that's a good deal for Brooklyn. I'm just, again, I'm just surprised 
that Boston wants to be part of this conversation because they have such a young nucleus there. And Winning. they're already in the NBA final. And they've been on the trajectory. It's like we see them get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We see them get there. They can't get over the hump. Then they get over the hump. Now they're in the NBA Finals. They don't win a championship because they faced a really good Warriors team. They need to get over that hump. But they're developing. That's the trajectory of this young nucleus. I put it like this. That's just like you got mama's sweet potato pie. And it's only a little piece left on the plate. Or in the pan that somebody cut off and they ate all the pie. It's only a tiny piece. And you taste that pie and you want more. See, the Boston Celtics, they tasted that success. They went to the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant is the whole sweet potato pie. They want all of it, Amber. They, they, want, want, it they want the whole pie, which I understand. <laughs> but if you get the whole pie now, you might be mortgaging the whole pie for the next 10 years. Like, hey, do you want 10 years of pie? I want to win Or do now. you want two years of pie? Because that's win. what we're talking I wanna about. I want to win now. I want a championship. A bird in the hand, right? A bird in the hand, as grandma would say. Uh, So we will be unpacking this, of course, all show long. Plenty more to get to. But coming up next, in the aftermath of Devontae Adams heading to Vegas, a lot of talk was about Adams' absence in Green Bay. How much is Adams going to actually miss the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers? That's next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. So I was walking to Pier 17 this morning because we are live in New York City at the beautiful Seaport District in Manhattan, Harry Douglas and I, which is a treat because neither of us are typically located here in New York City. And I'm walking and listen, I'm a woman, Harry Douglas, walking alone. It's, you know, pitch black outside still because this is like 445 in the morning. I'm walking here. So I'm on a high alert and I am on the phone with Harry Douglas, right? Because I'm on high <laughs> alert and all of a sudden I'm walking And I think I'm about to get attacked because I hear all sorts of crazy rummaging. You know, there's like thunder next to me. And then I realize, no, that's just massive rats running across the tables at the cafes outside in New York City. These things were the size of dogs. 
Fat it was unbelievable, <laughs> these rats. That is some good eating in New York City for rats. Yeah, and all I can think of, one of my favorite movies is Ratatouille, right? Oh, um, and all I, I can think about movie. is those rats going through that trash, trying to find their way into a restaurant to cook up the best meal possible. Amber, i seen five. Five of, of those rats this morning. You're oh, counting my. them? Yes. I, I, it's, it's to the point now where I'm... When I'm walking, I'm looking down, and I'm looking for them because I know at, this, at 4 or 5 in the morning, that's when they up rumbling and going through trash and roaming the streets, having a hell of a party, all of them. Party. And, and Master Splinter stood up and looked at me uh, for his protégés, and I was like, damn, Master, like, just relax. Just relax. It's too early for all this. You can't scare me. I'm used to you now. I've been up here enough, and about 4 or 5 in the morning, I'm used, accustomed to seeing rats. But listen, they're not normal rats. No. These things are literally the size of probably a baby cat. Yes, Easily. I, adult cat. Yeah. I mean, these things are grown and these things are fed. Like if I come back in, as a rat at some point in some other lifetime, which I would hope I wouldn't. Like if, the, if reincarnation was a thing, I would hope I'd probably be something better than a rat, <laughs> right? But hey, you know, you never know what you did in your former life. If I was to come back, I'd want to be a rat in New York City. I think that this is where it's at. It's this like, is good living look, for it, these it, rats. It's like the movie what? Rush Hour <laughs> with Chris Tucker, right? I'm not going in there. It's rats in there. There's no rats in there. There's no rat in here. Look at that rat. <laughs> There is definitely rats in here. Oh, yeah. uh, that is for sure. I don't know if now I feel differently about these outdoor cafes now that I know <laughs> how many rats are out here, but also an effective maneuver in terms of cleaning up, I guess, right? When people drop food. They're cleaning up the streets, these rats. Ooh. Maybe they're doing us some sort of public service here in New York Question City. Question for the listeners. How many rats do you actually think get inside the restaurants? Okay, well, that's not a question for the listeners. We're going to all ignore that question <laughs> because sometimes being naive, Harry Douglas, is a wonderful thing. Like when we consider if the rat, Those rats are too darn big to actually get inside, though. I mean, they'd have to open the door cat rats. in order to get inside these restaurants. The best who ever did it, Deion Sanders. Prime time. What's up, Prime? But this, this is my favorite three guys, man. I, I love you guys differently, respectfully, and hopefully. Trust me. And send me recruits. Send me recruits. I think we just did a pretty good job. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Amber Wilson, and Harry Douglas dancing on ESPN2 if you want to Check us out. You can tweet to both of us at Amber W Sports at HDouglas83. So Devontae Adams got in a little hot water Ooh. with something he said earlier this week, Harry Douglas, when he was talked, when he was asked about going from Aaron Rodgers to his new quarterback now and Derek Carr, he said going from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer oh. is always an adjustment. And the world went nuts. I mean, Twitter went berserk Whoa. because I don't know if anybody's actually out here calling Derek Carr a Hall of Famer, right? And then Whoa. it sa- felt like he was putting Derek Carr in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers with all of Aaron Rodgers' accomplishments. And of course, the two-time back-to-back right now, current reigning MVP, it felt a little out of place to kind of compare Derek Carr from that perspective. I didn't have a big issue with it because it's also just Devontae Adams like standing up for his boy, yeah. right? I mean, this is his boy. This is the whole reason he went to Vegas. We know that. I mean, they were college teammates. They trained together in the offseason. They're BFFs. We know the whole deal. But he stepped in it, and he knew the minute that he said it. And then I think it was Josina Anderson who was doing the questioning, and she followed up, and he was like, oh, here we go. You know, He knew he stepped in it, and he did. So, of course, he's walked back the comment. 
he said, what I meant to say was even if you go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's an adjustment. Even if it's a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, there's going to be an adjustment. I wasn't saying Hall of Famer Aaron to Hall of Famer Derek, so I'm not retracting my statement at all. He walks it back, goes on to talk about how great Aaron Rodgers is, yada, yada. I wonder, too, like, is this just going to permeate through the entire season where everything that Adam says we're dissecting is some sort of slight against Aaron Rodgers? Well, uh, I will say this, and a lot of people got to understand that these two guys, Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, excuse me, um, Devontae Adams, they played college together at Fresno State. Let's not forget in two years – they had over 3,000 yards together right. and 38 touchdowns. That was college, though. Th- I understand. But the connection, the, the chemistry is there. Right. I had the opportunity a few years back to go out to um, Oakland, California, and work out with Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. At the time, it was Jordy Nelson and some other guys. And the chemistry that those guys had at that moment, I said to myself, at some point, they will play together in the National Football League. I didn't think it would be like at this, at this moment right now. But I knew it was going to happen because they are best friends. They do do a lot in the offseason. Um, they always train together. And it's just there. The instant chemistry is there. That's why I believe it is different from another. You see a guy like Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos and have to, having to build that rapport with his receivers. It's different with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams because they've already been there, done it, and they have that. Their chemistry is going to be there. Now, is Devontae Adams going to miss Aaron Rodgers? Let me just throw some numbers out there, Amber. Since the last four seasons, right, completions, 425. That's first between them. Pass yards, over 5,200. That's first between them. Touchdowns, 47. That's first, that's first between them. Now, the difference is, is that when you look at Devontae Adams in Green Bay, I thought things were, a hard, were harder, even though they looked easy to him, because you didn't have the other receivers comp- complimenting them. Um, when you look at the, uh, the, I've almost said Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, you look at a Hunter Henry, you look at a Darren Waller, you look at what Josh McDaniels is going to be able to provide run game-wise and what he's going to be able to draw up for this offense, I think things are going to be easier for Devontae Adams. Now, really? is his numbers going to be, a, a, are they going to be a little bit different? Yes, they're going to be different because you have other guys that are going to take catches away from him. You have better players offensively. Uh, on that roster when you look at the skill position player. So I think his numbers are going to be slight different, but he's still going to get his. But now if guys decide that they want to double-team Darren Waller uh, uh, or, or Hunter Renfro, now you have Devontae Adams one-on-one. If guys want to uh, double-team Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, now you got Hunter Renfro one-on-one. Now you have a run game um, that's going to probably be thriving as well. So I think it's going to be different in those regards. But let's sit up here. Let's not sit up here. And that's why people upset me sometimes. We can't sit up here and act like we can't act like Derek Carr is just trash. Derek Carr can play at That's a very, fine, very but he's high not, level. He's no, not a Hall of no, Famer no, no, yet. No, no, he's not a Hall. First of all, he got to win a playoff game first. Right, exactly. He has to win a playoff game and first. then a Super Bowl also. Yes. And if we're actually going to have a real conversation. <laughs> but we got to call before we walk, Amber. We got to win a playoff game first. Right. Well, and that's why people were frustrated with the comparison. I mean, we can take issue with the fact that Rodgers has only won one Super Bowl as well and maybe hasn't lived up to the expectation that we have for him. But the second that you try to compare Derek Carr's journey to Aaron Rodgers' career, it just feels like a misplaced comparison. Back-to-back MVP. Exactly. And reigning MVP at this point. Now, to your point about him missing Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's going to miss Aaron Rodgers, 
because this was the choice that Devontae Adams made. And he obviously made this choice knowing, hey, I'm going from Aaron Rodgers, who most people consider the elite quarterback, to Derek Carr, who, yes, is a very good quarterback. He and Aaron Rodgers. We, Devontae we gotta Adams we got to be that. honest, though. Aaron Rodgers made Devontae Adams make this choice. With the unknown of his future and how his contract is, is, is constructed, Aaron Rodgers made Devontae Adams make this choice. You don't think that this is something that Devontae Adams would have maybe wanted to do anyways if he had the opportunity to go play back with his yes, boy again and Derek but Carr Aaron, on a good Raiders But, to but Aaron good Raiders Rodgers team. made it easier for him to make that decision with the unknown of his future. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, Devontae Adams don't want to spend the rest of his, uh, his, in his, in his prime playing with Jordan Love. Did you see Jordan Love against the Kansas City Chiefs? <laughs> it didn't look good. I seen body language by Devontae Adams saying, damn, can Aaron please get back? So well, Aaron, Aaron comes Rogers, back, he, he and Devontae Adams still chooses to leave after that point. So he could have reconsidered, right? But that man just signed a five-year deal. So yeah. I, from the wide receiver perspective, as somebody who played in the league, you said his numbers are going to go down. Do you care? Like, if you're locked in for the next five years to your team, he just signed a new deal. Yeah. Is he going to care what the numbers are if they're winning? scoring touchdowns and winning games? No. No, he's not. And and that's one, you, one of the things you love about Devontae Adams is – He's not a selfish guy. He's a team first guy, and yes, he's going from a thirteen and three the last three year team in the Green Bay Packers, but they didn't reach reach a Super Bowl. And is the AFC West going to be tough? Is the AFC period tougher? Yes, but I think Devontae Adams. He showed you by going to the Las Vegas Raiders that he'd take his chances over there versus Green Bay, and that's what he did. You said that there's the chemistry. We always hear that. Everybody tells us how much chemistry there is between these two. But it's not like they've been playing football together all this time. Like, I get they train together in the offseason. What does that mean, that they train? Like, are, is he actually catching passes from Derek Carr in the offseason? Or are oh, they yeah. lifting weights together and No, they're, they're running routes. Really? Oh, yeah. We run, I, I ran them with them. They're running routes. So you, so you feel like then they won't have missed a beat from Fresno? Because Fresno was a long so. time ago. Like, we all act like, yeah, well, they played college together. But, yeah, these dudes have been in the league forever. Well, and, I, and I'll say this. You look at people like... Uh, a, a Gronk and a Tom Brady, and granted they played together, but when Gronk came back from retirement, he didn't have to gain that rapport back with Tom Brady. They already had that, right? So, and you look at the game against Dallas when um, they seen a defensive end was going to be guarding Gronk, right? And mm-hmm. they just know each other and read each other's minds. It's something to be said for that. When you train with a guy every year in the offseason, you play with him in college, uh, your best friends, you're around each other a lot. A lot of the times you're going to be able to read each other's mind. At the line of scrimmage, you don't have to give a hand signal. Y'all may have talked about something on the couch while you're eating popcorn, watching a movie with your family and whatnot, and you look at each other and you just automatically know it's going to be there. So it's like riding a bike, getting right back on that chemistry between a quarterback and a wide receiver. Uh, This is Keyshawn J. Wellen Max, Amber Wilson, and Harry Douglas. Filling in for the guys. You mentioned the AFC. Coming up next, we are going to talk about who is the team to beat in the AFC. Is it the Chiefs or is it the Bills? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com the Keyshawn, j will and max podcast this is espn radio's nfl two a days the kansas city chiefs well in the afc west it's got to be the kansas city chiefs i i think they have the best quarterback in the division and, and i get it i know there's going to be a lot of skepticism now that tyree kill is in miami i think it's gonna be different i think they're gonna be much more diverse and patrick mahomes just has to play point guard that's what you're gonna see at this offense this year this is gonna be everybody it's not gonna be one guy i mean obviously travis is gonna still get a lot of completions a lot of yards but i think the whole receiving room um is gonna have big days and i think that can be something that we can use to our advantage now harry the bills we're 13 seconds from advancing to their second consecutive AFC title game. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, they allowed them to tie the game. We know what ended up happening. They are a heartbreaker for the Buffalo Bills. They made some moves this offseason. The Kansas City Chiefs, they may have lost a little bit this offseason. So maybe tougher sledding moving forward for the Chiefs. We know that AFC is absolutely stacked. If we're looking at these two teams in the Chiefs and the Bills, who is the team to beat in the AFC? That was a, a, a easy question for me, Amber, because... Is it? Uh, yeah, it is, because when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they have hosted the last four AFC championship games. And they have two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win, and they still have a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes. Now, with me saying that, I'm picking the Bills to come out of the, um, the AFC this year. But the team to beat is still the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is still there. He wait, hasn't wait, gone wait, wait. Yeah. So what? So the Bills are going to the Super Bowl, yeah. but the Chiefs are the team to beat. What? Yeah, the team that beat the Bills last year. How does that it make any to, sense? It, if you think may, the Bills no, are going no. to the Super Bowl, then you think the Bills are the team to beat this season because you no. think the Bills are better than the Chiefs. No, 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 no. <laughs> Who stopped the Buffalo Bills the last two seasons from – Getting to where they wanted to be. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. So until the Bills get over that hump in the playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, win something. That was um, an interesting logic, but I guess I'm following you now. So you yeah. don't want to unseat the Chiefs until the Bills actually unseat the Chiefs. Yeah. But if you were no, a betting man, done. your money would be on the Bills to actually get over the hump and unseat the Chiefs yep. this season. Uh, how much of that is the addition of Von Miller? Because some people are calling out the biggest Ooh. signing of the offseason. We know the Chiefs lost this offseason in Tyreek Hill. These teams yep. did kind of have very different offseasons in that regard. We were just showing the graphic on ESPN, too, of your watching us live about all the additions that the Bills made this offseason. This is an improved Bills team, right? Yep, they are. When you look at them defensively, uh, Gregory Rasul, 
I think a guy like Von Miller is going to be able to help him. Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones. I played with Daquan in Tennessee, uh, interior def- defense alignment, Shaq Lawson. But you look at the secondary, um, you're going to get Tredavious White back. He was, he was a big piece to the Buffalo Bills, got injured last year. Um, they drafted Kier Elam, which I thought was one of the most underrated corners coming out from the University of Florida. A guy that's fast, he's big, he's physical, he can play pe- press coverage at the line of scrimmage. I like what this defense is going to present, not to mention they have a hell of a tandem at the safety position. Now, when you look at this team offensively, a guy like Josh Allen, I thought from Josh Allen's first year up until now, I, thought, I think he's progressed so, 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 so greatly. When you look at him last year, being able to not force things, take his check downs and just hit the open man, but utilizing his legs. And I bring up the Atlanta Falcons games because, because they, they did a great job uh, covering the pass. And Josh Allen didn't have a good passing game. He had two interceptions in that game as well. May have been three. But he went to his secondary, um, his secondary um, strength, his legs. He had two touchdown runs. I think Josh Allen is one of the most scariest players in the National Football League coming into this season. You really don't want to play him. He's tough. He's physical. Um, he has a chip on his shoulder. The emergence of Gabriel Davis, we've seen what he did in the, in the, in the, in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, catching that, game, catching that touchdown that should have been the game winner with 13 seconds left, but we all know what happened defensively. Sean McDermott, you got to get it together. You got to squib kick number one, and you can't just um, basically play prevent defense that allowed Patrick Mahomes to go down and get a field goal. And then we all know what happened in overtime with Travis Kelsey scoring the game winning touchdown. But I like the the additions that the that the Buffalo Bills have. You OJ Howard at the tight end position. I like that. Jamison Crowder mm-hmm. uh, from from the wide receiver uh, position as well. So I think the Bills are actually going to come out the AFC, but you still have that dark cloud of the Kansas City Chiefs hanging over your shoulder. You're not willing to let go yet of the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I can't. When they have Patrick the Mahomes pu- and Andy Reid at the helm, right? I'll get back to the Chiefs in just a moment, but you kept mentioning the additions that the Bills have made. I yeah. was impressed with what the Bills did this offseason because they weren't the team that I necessarily had tapped this offseason as, hey, they need to get better. They need to improve, right? Because they were going to do that anyways, I feel like, with the development of Josh Allen. I think yep. we're all believers in Josh Allen at this point. There's a natural trajectory there where you figure that the Bills are going to be improved anyways from the experience also of losing to the Chiefs in the way that they did this last postseason. But they did go ahead and add Von Miller in the offseason. Here was Von Miller on how the Bills can win it all. All Super Bowl teams, you know, they have similarities and success leaves clues. And as long as we just as long as we just keep chipping away at it, you know, I, I feel like uh, we, we'll be okay. Whenever I can interject, you know, some of my knowledge and some of my wisdom, or if I can see something where I could, you know, put my two cents in, I'll do it. But I'm not a, I'm not a preachy, rah-rah guy. You know, I'm, I'm coming out trying to make my plays and trying to get my job done. And whenever it's time for Von Miller to, to talk, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to do it. I mean, when you land a future Hall of Famer, <laughs> which yeah. is what Von Miller is, it's a good day. I mean, they coming paid him Super to Bowl do it. Win too. Like coming off of a Super Bowl win and a player that is going to be a future Hall of Famer. How much do you think that that is going to help that Bills team defensively? Tremendously, especially when you look at that defensive line. You have guys like Boogie Basham, um, AJ uh, AJ Epinenza, 
These guys need a guy like Von Miller to show them the way, right? Show them how to get over the hump. Show them how to practice. Show them what it's like to be a winner. And Von Miller just doesn't have one Super Bowl win. He has two of those things, man. So his presence, he has a, 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 a pass rush camp. A lot of those guys go out to. So being able to have him in the building leading the way for that defense and that defensive line, I think it's going to pay good riddance. But when you look at them offensively, the Bills, they're going to have to run the football better. You can't put Josh Allen um, in the situations that you had him last year. He was the second leading rusher on, on, on that team with over 700 yards. But you, I don't think you want your franchise quarterback rushing that much. Now, if he has to run, uh, go ahead and let him do it. But calling this design runs, you drafted James Cook for a reason. Um, I think you need to let Devin Singletary do some things, Zach Moss, Duke Johnson. Let those guys run the football and be running backs, what they actually are, and take some of that load off of Josh Allen's hands. You mentioned the offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs going kind of a different direction here with the loss of Tyreek Hill. We make a lot about the loss of Tyreek Hill, as we should, and the Chiefs were not in a position to pay him the kind of money that the Miami Dolphins ended up paying him, in part because, by the way, they had to pay Patrick Mahomes not long ago, right? And we know what that cap pick looks like with Mahomes, and that's what happens when you have to pay your superstar quarterback coming off of a rookie deal, and they get paid handsomely, and then all of a sudden the flexibility isn't there in the future. So they lose Tyreek Hill, but they did bring in weapons to replace him, and Valdez Scantling, they Mm -hmm. brought in Juju. How much of a fall-off do you think that there's going to be, or are we underrating the presence of their new additions there in Kansas City? I think a lot of people are underrating the skill position players for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Tyreek Hill was a big part of what they did, right? The explosion, you might be missing that. Hey, I can just throw this guy a five-yard slant, five-yard hitch. He can take it 70, 80 at any given time. But they still have a Travis Kelsey, who was one of the game's best tight ends. Um, you just mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, uh, Miko Hardman, I think this is going to be a big year for him because when they drafted him, they was basically looking at Tyreek Hill and say, how can we get another guy potentially that can be a Tyreek Hill? He's a guy that can do it. He just has to do it. And this year he's going to have the opportunities, now that Tyreek Hill is no longer there, to be that guy and be in the role uh, and play the role that Tyreek Hill did. Now two people I think is going to be key for this team. Sky Moore mm-hmm. is one of my favorite receivers coming out of this past draft. Rookie. They got him. And Justin Ross. Let's not forget Justin Ross. If Justin Ross can be healthy out of Clemson, so I forget what he did in the national championship game when he was with the Clemson Tigers. He's an exceptional talent. He just has to stay healthy. But that's another addition to this team. But I'm looking forward to seeing what the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be this year. But let's not forget Andy Reid, right, what he's been able to do in the National Football League before Tyreek Hill got there, when he was in Philly. Mm-hmm. It's not like Andy Reid is not a guy that hasn't done it without a guy named Tyreek Hill. He's been there. He's done it before. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be better. And it's actually going to force a guy like Patrick Mahomes to go through his reads, go through his progressions, and be that much more careful. Not saying he's not going to have the scramble plays where you see guys and he just bombs it uh, 50, 60 yards down the field and they get free touchdowns. It's going to be some of that. Probably not as many with a a Tyreek Hill not being there, but it's actually going to force him to play within the confines of the offense. I want to believe as a Miami Dolphins fan that the loss of Tyreek Hill is going to be a huge, epic, insurmountable loss for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> but I kind of agree with you. I feel like we're underrating some of the weapons that they still do yeah. have. And considering who's throwing those weapons of the football, I don't know if they're going to take a huge step back. 
yes, Tyreek is obviously a loss any way you cut it. But I don't know if he's like the type of loss to Kansas City where they're not going to be able to overcome it and have some success. It just might be more of a campaign of now several receivers stepping up, right, in order to take those targets. We had on Nicole Hardman on Barton Hahn with me on Friday, and he talked about, I said, hey, have you, has it, you considered the fact that Tyreek's not there, so some of those targets are going to open up? You know, certainly that has occurred <laughs> to these other guys right now that are going to be tasked with that responsibility on the Kansas City Chiefs. And he said, we're not going to take a step back. Here was Nicole Hardman. I don't see why people think we're going to step back. I mean, yeah, I thought we lost our whole team. I don't, I don't know. So I'm just saying, like, that we, we still got the best tight end, the best quarterback in the, in, in the National Football League, and some of the best offensive line. we got an improved defense, you know, they got the best head coach in the game right now, and the best play caller there is, the Airbnb enemy. Like, I, I just don't know what, what people are looking at or what they're thinking. So, you got to see when these Sundays roll around. So. so, there's a guy who feels pretty confident that they're not going to take a step back. Now, he said, I don't know why people think we're going to take a step back. Well, I mean, Nicole. <laughs> well, clearly, you lost Tyreek Hill. Come that's on. why. Let's that's, be that's why, boss. That's why people think you're going <laughs> to. But I understand. Listen, I mean, for, for these receivers on the team, this is a real opportunity for some of these guys to get more targets and to step up. Yeah, but I think the big thing for the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward is going to be them defensively. Um, they drafted a guy, George Kalifas, who I think is going to help them on the defensive line. Uh, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, those guys are going to have to be better this year. But secondary guys, they, they drafted Trent McDuffie. They lost Tyron Matthew. You brought in Justin Reed, Warren Thornhill. I like the way he's been playing uh, the last few years. Le, uh, Legereus Sneed, uh, Rashad Fenton. Uh, those guys are going to have to really step up tremendously. Early in the year last year, this defense wasn't good. But then they had a little stretch when they were great and playing a great brand of football. They have to start out that way this year, and it's all going to start up front with that defensive line, and I'll say that front seven with those linebackers as well. You're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We are breaking down the top of the AFC. I think we both agree the top of the AFC looks something like the Bills and the Chiefs. But the AFC is not going to be easy sledding this year for either of these teams. The Bills, though, are in the much easier division, you would agree, right? Now, I also, by the way, think that the AFC East has improved. Uh, and I don't think I'm just saying that as a biased Dolphins fan. I, I do think that there has been some improvement. I think even the Jets have, frankly, improved oh, some. But I, I do think that the Bills are probably going to skate through that division quite easily, where I don't know if I feel confident saying that about the AFC West with the Chiefs. No, the AFC West is tough sledding. You look at Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. You look at the Raiders and Derek Carr. Um, you look at Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think when you look at that division, do you want to win your division? Yes, you do. But I think for those teams in in that division, you just want to make the playoffs. You don't want to be the oddball out. Um, I think they're going to get two teams for sure, possibly a third. But four teams is not going to get in because I think they're going to beat up on each other within the division. Who's going to be the odd man out then? Right now, I have to pick the Denver Broncos. I, I have the Denver Broncos being the odd man out right now. Rough for Uh Russell Wilson. Uh, Uh I don't know if I disagree with you, though. I mean, I I would actually have the Chargers in the conversation as a team that could win the entire thing for the AFC. You have the Bills I got Justin Herbert as my MVP this year. Okay. All right, Harry Douglas. So Justin Herbert's your MVP. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl, but the Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat. 
Yeah, that that can all be possible. <laughs> can it? Yeah. Can it? Well, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know if what Keyshawn uh, said last week can be possible because what, Keyshawn what on say? this show, of course, host here of this show, uh, Keyshawn J Will and Max, he said some crazy stuff about Josh Allen. Take a listen to Keyshawn's take on Josh Allen. I don't believe Josh Allen is the reason that the Buffalo Bills were in the position that they were in. I believe it was the coaching. I believe it was the the acquisition of Diggs through the general manager and Brandon Bean. I like Josh Allen, but I'm just not that guy that all of a sudden look up and because Josh Allen had two good solid seasons back to back that he is just getting ready to be the next guy. Even Even though people pushing it that way, I don't, I need to see more. That's just me. He needs to see more. What do you make of Keyshawn not being sold on Josh Allen? Is that Keyshawn just having like the standalone oh, take? Because I haven't heard that take from anybody else other than Keyshawn Johnson. I, well, I don't blame anybody else for not wanting to play it because I think it's crazy to me. Um, Josh Allen, in the way he plays the game of football, he is the reason why the Buffalo Bills even had an opportunity last year. Now, look, granted, I understand their defense was phenomenal as well. But let's not forget it was their defense that didn't allow them to go to the Super, uh, to the AFC Championship game that let them down when it was Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis connecting on the touchdown to take the lead. Like, let's not forget that. It was also that defense in overtime right. when Cincinnati, we seen the week after, got a stop and stop Patrick Mahomes that didn't stop Patrick Mahomes. So when I look at a guy like Josh Allen, every year he's been in the National Football League, he's gotten better. Yep. And I was so impressed with him last year. I don't think he's going to have a drop-off this year. I think he is one of the most dangerous players to play against in the National Football League heading into 2022-2023 season. There's no reason for me to believe that Josh Allen is going to take a step back no. all of a sudden. I mean, I guess Keyshawn maybe believes it. No. Keyshawn knows a little bit more about football than Amber Wilson. And they got better this but year. But it's though. hard for me to believe that that's what's going to happen. And so that's what I mean about the Bills. I would have expected them to get better anyways, even if they had just sat on their hands this offseason. And then they make the moves bringing in Vaughn Miller. So I think this is going to be a much improved Bills team. Keyshawn no. J. Will and Max is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Get the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless. Now, I will say this. The addition of Stephon Diggs did help out a young Josh Allen Mm -hmm. because he wasn't phenomenal his first year. But when they started getting Stephon Diggs and more playmakers around him, and that's what you want to do as management. You want to surround your young quarterback with talent, what the Chicago Bears haven't done with Justin Fields. That, right. That's what you and don't still haven't do. done and are exactly. appearing to not be about to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you got to bring in help. I mean, even like the Jags have done it around Trevor Lawrence this season, right? Like you've got to bring in Burrow. help to help. Yeah, of course. Look Joe Burrow is a prime example yep. of bringing in the right kind of help. And they continue to get better as well. Let's take some of your calls here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. Triple H C ESPN is how you get in touch with us. 888-729-3776. Dave is in Maryland. Dave, what you got for us on the Chiefs? How you doing? How y'all doing? Doing well this morning. Yeah, uh, to me, I think this is a pretty easy answer here. I think uh, it's not by a lot, but the Bills are definitely the team to beat. Um, The Bills roster is just overall better. You know, the fact that the Chiefs lost uh, Tyrone Hill – and the Honey Badger, those are huge losses. Honey Badger on defense was a leader. It's hard to replace that. And as far as for uh, losing Hill on the offense for the Chiefs, he was such a game changer. When the game bogs down and weather conditions or whatever, he was able to get you some of those fourth down crazy plays because of his speed. You can't replace that. And, and 
Juju and Schuster and Scanlon are nice receivers, but it'll they're going to have to prove to me that losing that speed is on the outside is going to be a little bit tough. As far as for Buffalo, picking up Von Miller is huge. I mean, he is going to be a real impact on playoff time. So to me, this roster and the fact that, just like you said, Buffalo is going to have it easier in the East as far as for just walking through that division, and Kansas City is going to be in a fight every week. So I just think Kansas City, their max is like 10 wins, 11 wins most in the regular season. Buffalo's going to walk to 12-13 easy. So to me, Buffalo's got a home field the whole way through. Thanks for the call, Dave. To Dave's point there, Harry, we haven't talked much about what the Chiefs did in the offseason in terms of losing some of those defensive starters. Now, they did use a half of the Chiefs' 10 draft picks mm-hmm. in just the secondary, <laughs> trying to replace some of those key losses. Do you think their defense is going to take a step back, though? Well, I, I look at how they started last year. They took a step back to start the year last year. Mm-hmm. They they wasn't phenomenal, but then they went on a, a winning streak where their defense was playing lights-out football. Um, but I think that's going to be the key piece for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can their defense hold up? Because right now I look at their defense as being the weakest link. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the Kansas City Chiefs defense that lost in the game. It was the Buffalo Bills defense that lost in the game when it when it was all said and done. Um, 13 seconds, not getting a stop. And in overtime, not getting mm-hmm. a stop against Patrick Mahomes and letting Travis Kelsey uh, score the game with a touchdown. Well, that's why the Bills went ahead and spent some money on their oh, defense yeah. this offseason. Believe that. You can give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN. Jackson is in Louisiana. Jackson, are you upset with Keyshawn for sleeping on Josh Allen? <laughs> yes, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, We're good. great. Thanks, Jackson. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I wanted to bring up a quick point, and I like what Harry said about Justin Herbert being MVP. I think that's a good option. But uh, – with the addition of Joe Brady added onto that Buffalo Bills offense to help Josh Allen, I think that's going to help Josh step up to another level, and he's my league MVP, and I uh, actually have Buffalo winning it all. Yeah, uh, I think one of the things that, that Keyshawn is factoring in, too, is that Brian Dable is no longer going to be the play caller, right? And it's mm-hmm. going to be Ken Dorsey. You have Joe Brady coming up there as well. And we're going we're gonna to have to see how that's going to be. Now, do I think they're going to have a phenomenal drop-off? No. Because Ken Dorsey has been the quarterback coach there in Buffalo um, with Josh Allen, and he's been in and out in, 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 within that system for a while now. So I, I don't think it's going to be too much drop-off. But it, it starting out, it, you may see a slight difference. But I think Josh Allen is going to be Josh Allen. Keep giving us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are asking you, which is the team to beat in the AFC? I see you, Shane, Adam, Todd, Milton, all of you guys hanging out on on hold. I appreciate the calls. We will get to your calls. One of the callers, though, said that the Bills are going to walk through the AFC East. Do you feel like they're going to walk through the AFC East? I mean, do you have any belief at all in the Patriots or the Dolphins or the Jets giving them any sort of trouble? So I think they're going to win it, but... Let's not act like the Dolphins didn't get better. Preach. The Dolphins got better. The Dolphins got better. Now, I do believe the only reason why the Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills last year is because of that weather. And I don't think home field advantage for Buffalo is going to be to their advantage because they like to throw the, throw the ball and pass the ball around. Mm-hmm. So if you get one of those wind games where the, where the wind is blowing like crazy and you can't pass the football around and then you run into a team that runs the football very effectively, that could be used against them come playoff time. So let's stick with this subject. We will get to more of your calls. Again, 888-SAY-ESPN+. Plus. Big Ben went straight, get off my lawn. We will get into that next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 
Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.